And now we're going to turn to God's word as Pastor Moody is going to bring a special message to us from the book of Acts. So if you could now, if you have a Bible with you, I don't know what page it is on your Bible, but on mine it's 1187. Acts chapter 3 is the preaching passage. It's going to be a very long passage, so you may stand if you want to. I would encourage you to remain seated because of the length. So Acts chapter 3, I'll be reading to uh, chapter 4, verse 4. This is God's word. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called Beautiful Gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple, asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is in through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers... I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that is Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back your sins that they may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you, and it shall be that every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people." 
and all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and those who came after him also proclaim these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. And as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. This is God's word. Well, thank you uh, very much, uh, Pastor Eric, and it's a delight to be with you uh, today. The church building is closed, uh, but the church is not. Uh, The ministry of the gospel carries on, and wherever you are, I believe that this is a God-ordained moment and a God-ordained passage, and I trust a God-ordained message for you right now in this situation. There are many people who are living in uh, uncertainty. Uh, this is a time of, uh, of, of fear, of insecurity. And we're even witnessing people um, panic buying of various products at grocery stores and, and, and the rest. And uh, there is a sense of the unknown because uh, this is unfamiliar territory for many of us. Uh, the whole world, the governments are struggling to find an answer to the situations that we're facing. Uh, They're scrambling to look for the best uh, medical approach. And there are even disagreements about that. If you've been watching the news, there's one approach taking place in one country. One one leader is responding in one way and another leader is uh, responding in in another way. And and all that adds to the sense of, of confusion and uncertainty that many of us feel. But here we are, around uh, God's word, and there's a message from God to us. And this story, I believe, shows us how faith, faith in the name of Jesus, not the name of Jesus as some sort of magical implement that we can just say and that will solve the problem, but faith in the message of Jesus, the person of Jesus, Uh, what Jesus uh, did on the cross, that faith, that real committed faith, uh, how faith can free us from fear. And that's that's the message this morning, how faith can free us from fear. And uh, the story that we've just had read out for us uh, so well has three characters in it. And I'm just going to very simply walk us through those those three characters, and that will be the structure of the, of the sermon and will help us to hear what it is that God is saying. And those three characters are the healer, the hurting, and then the opportunity that is before each of us uh, this morning. So how faith can free us from fear, and we're going to look at the healer, 
the hurting because there are many people who are hurting. You, you read the stories about northern Italy or places in France and now right around us so far, there, there's not a, a great deal of that yet. But even if you're not physically hurting, there is uncertainty, insecurity, fear, that kind of psychological, spiritual hurt. So with a healer, the hurting, and then the opportunity, the great opportunity that is before each and every one of us, before every church in the country around the world. I've been saying to our staff, you know, our staff have been gathering together, working very hard. By the way, the staff are working very hard to serve us in every possible way. And I've been saying to our staff team, uh, never waste a good crisis. Here's an opportunity. Everyone's ears are open. They're looking for an answer. And we have the answer in Jesus Christ. What a great day to be alive. What an extraordinary opportunity that you have. So how faith can free us from fear, the healer, the hurting. And we have love and compassion and help for the hurting. And then the opportunity that is before each and every one of us. Well, first then, uh, the healer. Of course, it's Peter and John who, in one sense, are the instruments of, uh, of that of that healing, uh, but uh, you notice, notice I didn't say the healers, I said the healer, because they are very quick, very quick to make sure that the glory, uh, the focal point, the message is not Peter and John and their ability to heal. No, it is, it is Jesus. It's not by their own power, they say, but it's through faith in the name of Jesus that this, this healing comes, this salvation comes, this how faith can free us from fear. It's the healer that is Jesus. But how can you and I, those of us who do believe in Jesus this morning, who are gathered at homes and in coffee shops and around the country and indeed around the world. How, how can we be a channel for that healing? And we can learn from the way that Peter and John were a channel for that work of the, of the healer Jesus in their situation as they were addressing the hurting. And uh, first of all, you notice that they, they notice, they observe There's the crippled man, the man who's hurting, the person who's suffering from some congenital disease, the the, the people in our world who are confused and uncertain and in difficulty, and they're facing all kinds of difficulties and struggles and fears. But Peter and John, they, they, they notice, they observe. They don't just keep on walking by. They don't just look after their own needs. They don't just stock up with all the grocery stuff that they need. They're not just concerned with their own household, with their own situation, with their own health, with their own fears, with their own lives. No, they observe. They see. They have compassion. They notice. And you see, my friends, if we're going to have an impact today, it is very important that we observe, we notice, we see. We actually look at what's going on in the world. And what's going on in the world is this is surfacing all kinds of tensions and insecurities and uncertainties. And there are people in pain and difficulty. 
and they observe. Now, will you observe? When you read the news, will you not just respond about your own personal life, but will you observe what is going on? Will you look with love and compassion on the world around you, on the neighbors around you, on those who do not have hope for eternal life, who are living in fear of death at every moment, but this is just surfacing that that fear? Will you observe? But Peter and John do more than merely observe. They also raise They raise the man, and our message is a message of hope and joy. It is not a putting people down kind of message. It's a message of hope. We are to raise people up, to give them a sense that there is meaning and purpose. People are watching us right now. They're watching how you live at home. They're watching how you deal with your children. They're watching how you deal with your schooling. They're watching how you respond to this issue. And they're listening, and we have an opportunity to raise people up. You know, we can say, we can say, look, there is hope. There is meaning. All those questions you've had at the back of your mind that you've been keeping locked in as you go through the busyness of life, now you have a moment when you're not doing so much, when many events have been canceled. And let me tell you, there is hope. There is meaning. There is a message of joy. They, raise, they observe what's going on, but then they raise people up to the joy and meaning that can come only through faith in Jesus. How faith can free us from fear. They raise people up. Look, I've got a message for you. I've got joy for you. I've got hope for you. They raise people up. And we who follow Jesus need not only to observe what's going on around but also then to raise people up. And Peter and John did that so that they were a channel of healing, so that we can be a channel of healing to our world today. But not only do they observe, not only do they raise, uh, they uh, also explain. And Peter preaches this extraordinary message about the gospel, and he explains it very carefully, what's going on and what the story is, right back to Abraham and Isaac and how God has sent Jesus as the fulfillment of all these promises, and he died for the sins of the world. He took the punishment that we deserved, and God raised him up to show that he had won the victory, and Jesus now has sent his spirit so that times of refreshing can come upon us, Lord, may this be such a time. May this be a time when a a new season of refreshing falls upon our city, falls upon you. Times of refreshing may come. And he explains the message. You know, one very simple way of understanding the message of the gospel is uh, summarized in four straightforward words. First of all, God. God made us to be in a relationship of loving obedience But we, us, God, us, second word, us, we have all rebelled against God. And God in his justice declares that the penalty for such rebellion is is death. First word, God, second word, us, third word, Jesus. God sent Jesus to take the penalty that we deserve so that we might raise to new life, to fresh hope, how faith can free us from fear. God, us, Jesus, And then response. And the response is faith. Faith in Jesus. Not simply a a notional faith. Not simply a nominal faith. Not simply intellectualized faith. 
Not simply I grew up in a Christian home, not simply I go to church, not simply I have a Christian background, not simply I believe that God exists, but a committed faith, a commitment to Jesus. And then we're a channel of healing to the world around us, how faith can free us from fear. We ourselves can have that message to those around us. We can be a channel for the healing power of Jesus in this time of great crisis, really, for the whole, for the whole globe. So how faith can free us from fear. And first we've looked at the healer, and now we're going to look at the hurting. There's the crippled man He's been sitting by this gate, the, the gate that's called Beautiful. No one knows exactly which gate that was, but it's one of, the, one of the gates there at the temple at the time. And many people have passed on by. They've perhaps thrown out a, a dollar bill or a, a few cents every now and then. They've given him a little bit of money, but they've kept on walking by. And there he is in great trauma and difficulty. No one can help him. He's lying on a bed somewhere coughing and hard to breathe, and no one can help him. There's no medical answer. Silver and gold, have we none? But what we do have, that we can give you. We can give you hope in eternity that will then shed light on this present moment, that will free you from fear. For the back of all our fears is the fear of death. And what this moment in our society is exposing is how all the ideology which our our society has bought into, the ideology of atheism, the ideology of secularism, is utterly morally bankrupt. It gives you no hope after the grave. And therefore, it exposes your fears right now. Silver and gold have we none. I'm not a medical professional, but I do have a gospel for you. I have a hope for you. I have hope for the hurting. You say, I, I want that hope. I want to be free from fear. How do I get it? Well, notice what the, what the sick man did, what the crippled man did. See, he'd been asking for hope. He'd been asking all sorts of people day after day, month after month, year after year. He'd been asking for help in all sorts of different areas as they passed him by. And he was asking again. But Peter and John made him do more than merely ask. They said, look, look at us. Look at us. Look at us. We have something that is beyond merely silver and gold. We have a message for all eternity. The greatest message on the face of the planet, the greatest message in the universe. Look at us. See, it's it's beyond merely asking. It's faith. It's committed faith. It's saying, yeah, I'm going to trust in Jesus with all my life. If you do that, you'll be released from fear this morning. That's my prayer, how faith can free us from fear. He did more than merely ask. He looked. And then do you notice, once that had happened, once he'd been raised up through the message of the gospel, how he praised, leaping, and jumping, praising God. I don't know whether you want to do that when you're at your home with your children, leaping and jumping and praising God. But he praised. And praise is a great way to release you from fear. I remember one family I went to visit once. Their son had recently had a terrible, calamitous accident. 
He'd been cycling in the Himalayan mountains, I think it was, and his bicycle had hit a, uh, an unstable pebble rock on the small path as he was cycling in the Himalayan mountains, and he'd tumbled off his bicycle and fallen hundreds and hundreds of feet down to the valley beneath. And they'd heard the news that he'd been airlifted to hospital. And I, as their pastor, went round to visit them in their home. And they didn't know not what had happened. They didn't know whether he was alive or dead. They didn't know whether he was paralyzed or it was a relatively minor accident. But he'd been airlifted to hospital, so they knew it was pretty bad. And there I was. I went to, I went to their home. I knocked on the door. I walked into the, into the room where the family had gathered while they were waiting for regular updates about this, this hurting man, this hurting situation, this hurting world, this fear in which we, many of us, live. And they're waiting for it. And I expected to go into a room of mourning and sadness and depression and difficulty and tears. And instead, when I walked in, they were singing praise to God. They were lifting themselves through praise to God. And you know, that young man was paralyzed. He's a paraplegic. Paralyzed from... Uh, the, 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 from the neck down. I went to visit him in hospital. Many people had gone to pray for him. Some were even telling him he was definitely going to be healed. I went to him and said, look, I don't know whether you're going to be healed or not. I know that God can heal, but I don't know whether he will. But I tell you this, whether he heals you or not, God can use this moment for his great glory and for your good. And I want you to trust in his sovereign purpose so that you'll be freed by faith from fear. And that man did exactly that. And now he is uh, paralyzed, but he has a ministry, a global ministry, ministering to many other people in such a situation as his. And God is using him. And God may, through faith, intervene in your life and cause a miraculous healing. I know God can do that, but he doesn't always do that. But I do know that if you trust in him this morning, and if you lift yourself through praise this morning, you can be freed from fear that God can use this very time as you send text messages to friends, as you reach out to people through email, as you FaceTime with family, as you encourage others next week when we do live streaming again to gather around the computer, the TV screen, and listen in as we have all these micro-centers of the gospel expanding through the work as times of refreshing come from the Lord at this moment. I know he can use you if you trust him Faith can free you from fear. He praised. He didn't just ask. He looked. Look at us. He praised. And then you notice how he clung to Peter and John. How he stuck with them. Look, Cottage Church, this is a word for you who are members here, you who are regular attendees here. This is a very important moment for us to stick together. Yes, we need to love our neighbors by appropriate social distancing, as is the phrase right now, good hygiene, and all those kind of things that have informed the decisions that we've made as a, as a church about our gathering this morning. Yes, we need to do that. But emotionally, spiritually, through communications, electronic means, that it, it, technologically we can, we can do these days, we need to stick together. And when the day comes when we'll gather together as one body again, how great will be the rejoicing of that day. Heart makes, absence makes the heart 
grow fonder and there'll come a moment when, because we stuck together spiritually, when we gather together again, how great will be that day. So we have the, the healer, Jesus. We have the hurting who find healing through Jesus, how faith can free us from fear. And then now we have the opportunity. There's an opportunity for you this morning. There's an opportunity for us as a church this morning. Never waste a good crisis. God is exposing perhaps idols of our hearts. God is exposing situations and issues that we're scared about because we're scared of other things. Our relationship with God is not where it should be. There's an opportunity for you to get serious about God. God has brought this moment into the world right now to declare that now is the time to repent from our sins and turn to God. The times of refreshing may come upon us. Look, we're all aware that our society is in great need of a moral and spiritual revival. And God in his sovereignty is bringing, I believe, this moment to call out to us and say, turn back to me. Would you do that? What a great opportunity. And as Peter and John preached, 5,000 were added to their number that day. Many people believed, but not everyone. The Sadducees, the temple guards, some of the religious elite, they were annoyed, they were angry, they turned their backs, they missed the opportunity. I don't believe that's going to be your case. I believe that you will seize this opportunity to put your trust in Jesus and so to have times of refreshing that will come from the Lord so that you can live in a way that is free from fear because of your faith in Jesus. You say, what does that mean most practically? Well, here are some practical ways that it can make a difference to you. First of all, let's avoid the crazy and embrace God-centered wisdom. There's all sorts of crazy ideas out there on the internet, people having all sorts of unusual and extreme responses to this moment. Let's avoid the crazy. Let's embrace God-centered wisdom. God-centered wisdom, which is wisdom that is from above, that is first of all pure and then peaceable and then open to reason, we need to use sanctified common sense at days like this to have appropriate hygiene and social distancing and all the practical ways, this God-centered prudent wisdom. Let's avoid the crazy and embrace the God-centered wisdom. But then also it means something personal. You personally, you individually, you in your own relationship with God, you have an opportunity now to get serious to turn your back upon materialism and comfort. Your schedule is cleared this week. What are you going to do? Are you going to stream Netflix? Look, we have so many opportunities today. You could re-stream this service. It'll be up in a, in a day, I believe, on the internet. Uh, God sent a life, the ministry that is uh, of preaching that goes out across the country and across the world is, is available for you on Moody Radio, 10.30 every, uh, every Monday to Friday, 7.30 Sunday night. You can get it through um, an app, a podcast. You can listen to it. Get into the Bible. Get into prayer. Ask the Lord, Lord, would you renew me? Would you revive me? 
would you make this an opportunity for me that I personally might experience times of refreshing from the Lord? Don't waste this opportunity as your schedule is cleared and waste it by just watching mind-numbing, R-rated Netflix movies. No, commit yourself to Christ and seek him as a personal opportunity for you. But then there's an opportunity for your family. Perhaps you do do family devotionals. Perhaps you do gather your children around God's word and pray together and whatever function and technique works best for you in that regard. But perhaps you don't. Perhaps you've never gathered your children around the Bible. Perhaps you've never prayed with your children. Perhaps you've never had a real family worship in your own home. Here's an opportunity. School is canceled. You have the time. Use it. Make the most of it. We send out a daily devotional every day. Use that. Make the most of this opportunity for your personal life, for your family life, but then also for your witness, for the world. Look, people are open right now. The email we sent out early this week had the highest number of open rates of any email we've ever sent out. People are listening. They're looking for hope. They're looking for meaning. And we have that message. We have that hope. We have that meaning. There's an opportunity. How faith can free us from fear. The healer, Jesus himself, And how we can be a channel for that healing as we observe the world around us and take notice of it and have compassion upon it and then raise people up through the hope of the gospel as we explain the gospel. God, us, Jesus, response, the hurting. We live in a world of great pain and difficulty at any time and especially right now, confusion and fear and you yourself may be in that place wondering what is going on. Don't just ask for help. Look at us. Look at us. Receive from Jesus through committed faith. Receive from him and then praise him and then stick together as a community so that when we gather together next week live streaming, other people have heard about it, they'll be listening too. And then when we gather together finally, whenever that is, as a body, there'll be such joy as we bring yet more people with us. And then the opportunity The opportunity for God-centered wisdom. Let's avoid the crazy. Let's embrace God-centered wisdom. And then let's make the most of this opportunity for your personal life. Don't waste this by just streaming Netflix. Let's seek times of refreshing from the Lord for your personal life and for your family life, devotions, studying the Bible, praying, and then for your witness to the world sending out links to good teaching, sending out connections where they can hear about the gospel, hear answers, sending out connections to this sermon so that people can hear it, hear the message we have, witness to the world that we are a people who have hope and meaning beyond the grave. And so, though this is, of course, a difficult time, though, of course, there is confusion in the air, though, of course, we're natural human beings, we're we're going to feel moments where we're not quite sure what is going on, nonetheless... We who believe in Jesus, we have a faith that frees us from fear. And it is in Jesus' name that we declare the gospel this morning. Oh, our Lord God, we do pray that that faith in Jesus would free us from fear.
I pray, Lord, for those who are struggling with uh, uncertainty and insecurity, that the confidence that comes from the sovereignty of God, who will never leave us nor forsake us, will give great security to all this morning. And I pray, for Lord, for those who don't yet know you, who are listening, who perhaps just have a churchy faith, a nominal faith, that this morning by your spirit you would cause them not simply to ask but to look, to look at you, to stare at you, to commit to you. I pray you do that by your spirit this morning, that a time of refreshing would come on this city, on this country, on this world. Oh, Lord God, use this time as a way of exponentially increasing the power of your gospel. For we pray it for the glory of Jesus and in his name. Amen.